Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ah, uh, there you are now. Tell me this and tell me no more. Are you going out? Or are you going out out? Few scoops. I am a me shite. We ever give over. We out that. Number one gobble. Hello, Tis Yourself listeners. How's it going? What is the crack? You are back for our last episode of season four of Tis Yourself. So if you've just joined this time, you've missed out on some amazing guests. But lucky for you, they're all behind you. Just when this episode is finished, scroll back, see what else you might be interested in. I don't think I could be any more excited about my guest today. Like, honestly, like all of us have a favorite TV show, like of all time. And anyone who knows me knows mine. Law and Order SVU. My absolute favourite show on television of all time. All 24 seasons. I've seen every episode at least, at least five times. I can usually tell. I'm so cool. I can usually tell by the opening sequence at the start. I'm like, oh yeah, that's the one where this guy did this or this woman did this and then this happened and he's the killer at the end. Yeah, just from the first few minutes. Um, and obviously I love the branch of, so the original Law and Order, which came back a couple of years ago, um, Organized Crime, which is the one that Stabler is now the head of. And then, of course, then there was Criminal Intent, which isn't back yet. But I wonder, will they bring that back? I also love all the FBI's. I basically love everything that Dick Wolf has put out there. But anyway, so Law and Order is my favourite, SVU, absolute favourite. And... When I was on radio back in the day, um, there a couple of years ago, I managed to get Peter Scanavino on. He plays Creasy. Obsessed. Also, when I interviewed him, I told him I didn't like him and Rollins together. They weren't together at the time. And I was like, I don't see it. I don't like them together. I'd like him to get his own girl away from the unit. And then about four, four episodes later, it was like, oh, there's Creasy with Rollins. Fantastic. Okay, great. Um, but my guest today was in the original show and then he was in he was the captain captain donald craigan in the uh svu up until i think it was like season 15 um and then he's been back a couple of times uh he was back in one a recent enough episode where he was on like zoom with olivia uh who is my absolute idol olivia and marishka absolutely oh my god I went up to see, I was in New York last year and I went up to see that it being filmed and I got to meet Ice-T and Peter and uh, Kelly. I saw Marishka and just went, oh, didn't get to talk to her. Um, I met Jason Biggs from American Pie, who's on, he's been in a couple of episodes and stuff, but I never got to meet this legend that's come to talk to me today. But we got to meet on Zoom. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I really know all my fellow SVU obsessives and Law & Order obsessives. I'm going to love this episode. So much to chat to Dan about. So I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to stop fangirling. Well, I'm not going to stop fangirling. That's a lie. You'll hear me fangirl the whole way through this. I'm chatting to the amazing Dan Florick, who played, you know, 
Captain Donald Cragen. Here it is. Here's my chat on Tis Yourself. Hi. Hi. I can see you and I can hear you. That's good. I I thought I was screwing this up. (laughs) This happens to me every time. I'm like, okay, I can see you. Can I hear you? Can they hear me? (laughs) Okay, so far so good. Yes. Whereabouts are you in the world? Well, I am in Venice, California, United States of America. I'm guessing a little bit hotter than Dublin, Ireland. (laughs) Well, maybe. It's a little chilly today, but what? well, what's it like there? It's about 12 degrees uh, in Celsius, so I think it's pretty cold here. The sun is out, though. (laughs) No, no, no. I'm I'm not going to complain. It's pretty nice here. I am so honored to be talking to you. You have no idea. This is amazing. I really cannot believe you said yes. So thank you so much. Well, you're too kind. It's, uh, I, well, it was, it was appreciated. And then I listened to a little bit uh, that they sent me and I said, uh, you're smart and uh, you're cool. And, you know, I, you're very good at what you do. Well, you're very good at what you do. And hence why I'm uh, such a big fan. <laughs> very good. I have loads I want to chat to you about, obviously. You've had such an amazing career. Um, But I suppose a lot of us won't know what you were like as a kid. Like, were you you a kid that wanted to be an actor? Like one of those theatre kids? Ah, no. You know, this, well, let me put it this way. Uh, I was a troublemaker as a kid. (laughs) And so I, I, I had a vivid imagination. So... You know, it wasn't a theater kid. It wasn't anything like that. I think uh, I probably shouldn't even say this, but I, I felt I could be an actor when I knew I could lie to my parents. So <laughs> I uh, I could kind of get away with stuff. And then that just led uh, music. I play guitar. I play bass. I was in bands. And so it's all about storytelling. That's kind of, you know, uh, a raconteur of sorts and it just appealed to me, and I stumbled into acting, actually. Really? Like, so just because you were in the kind of music world, was that how you kind of stumbled into it? Okay, quick, the quick version. <laughs> in school, like in uh, junior high, high school, I was good. I was a good student. I was, uh, you know, like a straight-A student, and so I was bored, and I would bother the teachers. So they made me go to the principal's office. Then I bothered them so much, they made me go into chorus class. They thought that was a punishment. And uh, so I get there, and it's it's all girls and one other guy. And I thought, <laughs> this is pretty good punishment. And then being there, I had to be in the school play. So I just had fun. It was a nutty little musical called Lil Abner, you know, based on a cartoon strip. And then because of that, I did another one. And by chance, somebody saw me. That led to a scholarship. And I thought, well... Let's see how far this goes. So 50 years later, it's uh, it's still going. Isn't that mad? They thought they were putting giving you trouble. They're like, oh, we're going to punish him, put him in a room full of women. Where he yeah. gets to sing and act. It's like, hmm, I don't know if they did well, the punishment right. <laughs> you know, what am I going to say? It was, uh, I guess, you know, being in the Midwest, uh, in Michigan at that time, maybe they thought that was, but... Uh, I thank them for it now in many ways. To get a scholarship as well must have been incredible because, you know, college and university is so expensive. So to even just be given something and something you loved, like it's not a punishment again to get this. 
Well, there were a couple of things because I was all, I was into math, math and physics also. So I got a there was a partial scholarship for the theater and a partial scholarship for math because wow, even see way back then I was studying synthetic projective geometry. All right? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, it was an easy transition to get over to acting. Yeah. Then I could act like I knew what the the heck those equations were. But uh, between the two, it made, and I just thought, well, I'll just keep doing this as long, you know, as it, it's paying for school. And then I got hooked, you know, and uh, discovering Shakespeare and things like that. It, uh, all of a sudden I went, hey, wait a minute. This is bigger and better than I thought. Like hearing big things like that and falling in love with them. And the other side of it is math. You're like, you know what? I'm starting to see a career path diverging this way. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, nothing against math. I enjoyed it. I loved it. You know, I thought I was going to go to Cape Canaveral and help, you know, rocket ships go to the moon. But uh, then I discovered I could do that as an actor. And uh, I, I thought, I'll go that way. I'm going to go that way. Yeah, you know, you can do it with a screen in the background. Less, it's more safe. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Less less studying equations for a living. Exactly. What well, there's, you know, but there's always studying, right? Mm. I mean, one of my favorite, a lot of people will just say, you know, what do you do? And, my, and I don't mean this in a silly way, but I say, I pay attention. That's what I do. You know, you watch behavior, you watch what people do. I watch, I'm looking now at the wisteria out the window, you know, because um, I never really took classes about acting. I've always said to people, just get out, um, listen to all kinds of music, uh, look at all kinds of art, um, look at all the trees and the plants and things like that. You know, it, it will all feed you. You know, and nothing against classes, uh, but I think you have to experience to be able to then show people, you know, what that experience is. Yeah, like I imagine acting classes is a lot about the technical side of things, where to stand, where to look, you know, how to do a monologue. That may be, you know, the, the structural side of things, but it just what you said just shows that why kids can be really good actors. They they're taken in what's around them. They haven't done any classes, probably a lot of them. It's all about so mimicking, seeing what makes people tick, what makes them happy, their face movements, that kind of stuff. Well, you just hit the nail on the head. I think, I said this a while ago, and I felt a little foolish, but I think it's real. Being a good actor is like getting back to being a kid. You know what I mean? There's... Mm. You haven't been led down different paths. You have, you know what I mean? You're honest. You talk about your experiences and you do it like without shame. You know what I mean? You, uh, you just do it. You respond. You know, you cry if you're sad. You yell if you're angry. And to find a way to channel that when you can do it, I, I really do. I think, uh, as elevated as acting can be in theater and movies and everything, you have to get back to that kind of almost naivete, you know? Yeah. And uh, I guess that's why I like it. I, 
I kind of like, you know, being a kid again. Yeah, I'd love to have that feeling again. Do you know when you were a kid and you put on plays and you made your parents watch? They were so terrible. You're in the garden or you're in the kitchen. You're like, everybody look at me. But you've no shame. There's that innocence of, I'm exactly. not going to think anyone's going to judge me or they're going to say anything mean to me. Whereas what other career is there now in life where you get up and you can cry and people are going to cheer that you cry or be happy that you've cried or be you can laugh and celebrate and dance. And there's very few careers out there that that's going to be celebrated. Well, yeah. Well, if you throw in lying, then it's politics. Oh, yes, also. As well as the lying. Yeah. <laughs> Crying yeah. and lying. Yes, exactly. <laughs> What did your parents say when you said, listen, I'm not going to, I know I've been studying math and geometry, but I, I think maybe I might try this out. Well, you know, um, that's a good question because I think my mother supported it. She just knew, you know, this was this creative dude who's uh, going to get in trouble if he doesn't find an outlet. But my dad just said, have a backup have a backup. And I remember I said, well, I'm studying math. I'm doing these things, you know, and and he was worried about me. So I said, dad, don't worry. I'm going to give it 50 years. And if it doesn't work out, I'll figure it out. I, you know, um, but it, again, you know, I stumbled into it and I continue to stumble ahead. Well, for people who know you are going to like, can't believe that you stumbled into it because you know, you're so known. Your name is known. Your face is known. There's a lot of actors that you kind of maybe, you know, their name or, you know, their face, you know, kind of be like, oh, that guy or that girl, what do I know them from? And you can maybe like think they did a small part in this or, you know, there's so many actors that you wouldn't know their name. You know, everyone knows both. They're like, oh, there he is. Well, <laughs> no, 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 that's good. I mean, I still get that. You're, they'll say, you're that guy. You're, we went to school together. And I go, no, no. But, uh, well, look, the show is on, I mean, somebody said the other day it's on 24-7 on so many channels. Now, <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but uh, every once in a while, it's like Ion Television or certain things, and they do like 10 in a row. And... Here's the other thing. I rarely watched the show when I was doing it. Yeah. I think it comes from my theater background. Mm -hmm. You know, you go up on stage, you do it. You don't see it. You, It's experiential. You can feel the audience. You know what I mean? And you go, wow, that went pretty well. And when I see the shows sometimes... Uh, you know, there's editing and people are making choices and I don't always agree with those choices. And I'm thinking, why would you do that? So for a while, I just didn't watch the show much. And the interesting thing now is because it's, well, you know, I mean, I have over 400 episodes out there, right? Every once in a while, I'll click it on and I'll go, oh, wait, I remember this one. And when it's over, I think, wow, that was pretty good. You know, why didn't I like that? But I think it's uh, it's distance. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I can see stuff I did 20 years ago. And I'm thinking, well, not that I had much more hair, but um, I'm going, you know, I didn't think that worked. But it was pretty good. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think I think all the law and order stuff, uh, you know, for the most part, it's pretty terrific storytelling. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. With some really good people. Yeah. And it goes beyond that. I did a show called L.A. Law and certain things. And all of it to me was uh, it attracted me because I thought it was really good writing. I thought it was smart. Which was your first kind of big, I suppose, thing that you did? Like, you know, you come out of theater, uh, college and stuff like that. And you're thinking, OK, this is a new career. What was the first thing I suppose that you would count as your your break? Okay, well, those to me are two different things. So okay. Like I say, the the fact that I could like get out of trouble, I went, wait a minute, there might be something in this. But in college, we had a guest director named Peter Muskamp from England come over, and we did a production of Richard III. So I had already fallen in love with Shakespeare and got to play Richard. And I think that was the moment where I went, wait a minute, I think I think I have to do this. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know how to put it into words. I'm trying. It's It was just something about it that was empowering and uh, insightful. And I went, no, you know, we're telling the truth. We're telling a story. And whether you like the truth or not, you know what I mean? And... Mm-hmm. That was the moment where I said, I'm pretty sure I want to do this, you know. And after that, it was um, I did a little TV, a little of this, a little of that. And again, Law and Order was that was the breakthrough, because first of all, nobody thought it would go. Nobody thought it would work. We uh, we did the original pilot for CBS. They passed on it said, this isn't going to work, whatever. NBC picked it up only because Dick Wolf, bless him, he's a genius. They wanted to show, uh, what was it called? I don't know, but it was about like ninja cops or something. (laughs) And, And they wanted that. And he said, I'll give you that if you'll take Law and Order. So they went, well, okay, right? The ninja cops thing didn't fly and law and order with what there's dozens of shows that and it's and it's some of the best television ever i think yeah well i've watched all of the spin-offs the original and now that it's back you know that dick brought it back a couple of years ago oh right criminal intent svu obviously um and organized crime now the one that chris is on and it's like I even I went back recently during the, one of the lockdowns to go back to the start of the original Law and Order because over here it was on TV quite a lot, but I never got to see it in structure and and, and a, yeah. uh, the whole way through. And like some of those episodes really still work like now with the tone, with the, you know, whatever's going on in America. It's like, you know, you see this was filmed 25 years ago or 20 something years ago. And you're like, oh, my God, this could this could happen now. Well. Yes, I'm going to say yes to all of that. But uh, also, if you go back to it, I, I think the very, very beginning of Law & Order was groundbreaking because nobody did that. Mm-hmm. And uh, they didn't pander to the audience, you know. They did their bump, bump, and you were in. And they gave you credit for knowing, understanding, following, you know what I mean? You didn't have to do the kind of 
TV in the day about here's a shot here and then here and then here and then here. There's a shot of the courthouse and here's the, and then they get to it. Dick said, let's go, man. People aren't stupid. Let's go. And, uh, and I think that was a big part of it. That it's what attracted me. Like I say, when I did that show, the first show, Law and Order, a lot of people didn't think it would fly. And I had other offers. And when I said, no, I want to do this one. And a lot of people said, are you crazy? And I said, maybe. But uh, I think it's crazy good. So, I mean, look at it. Yeah. I think I did that 32 years ago. Wow. Right? I mean, that's a big. And the other thing is this. It's like you said, you know, what Dick always said was this. There will be at least three, four, five different points of view. You know what I mean when you're doing when you're seeing the show, and you might go, "No, I don't go there. I think this person. I think this. And I think that was that was so smart, right? And that's how you get a lot of people in. And I can't tell you how many people I run into that say, in their family, maybe they don't all get along. And one of the things they do is they watch Law and Order and discuss it. You know, they each have a take on it, but they actually have that moment where they sit down and uh, and 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 talk about it. And especially with SVU, because, well, you know, I mean, the subject matter is such that you can have uh, varying opinions. Yeah, and you could see someone that you think is going to go like you know i've watched all 24 seasons so you think oh this is exactly how they're going you know let's say uh tutuola is going to just say this and then if he goes a different way you're like what i always yeah. side with him and now he's you know and you just get so involved in it but it as you say the subject matter is always what draw, draws you in and the people and the stories like he how dick has managed to create so many stories in all of the uh, the franchises that make you invested every single episode here's what i think no show ever nothing all of them aren't going to be great mm. but i'm a huge baseball fan dick's batting average is like all-star you know uh hall of fame um and if certain ones don't work okay you know what i mean i think what's even more important is you try yeah you know let's say we're gonna go here even if people think, oh, you shouldn't. And does it work all the time? Maybe not. You know, my performance, does it work all the time? Maybe not. But you look at it, you get invested, and you do the best you can and tell the truth as you know it, right? And so I don't I don't know if anybody's better at that than Dick. I mean, look at what he's done. And I don't know all the shows now. I think he's got 100 shows on, right? But there's... There's the Law and Orders. There's uh, the Chicago shows. There's the FBI's. FBI. Yeah. Gee, you know, I mean, unheard of, unheard of. It's it's amazing, and it's amazing that he keeps so much of the cast for such a long time. The fact that, like, I know you left Law and Order, and but mm -hmm. then then you know to go to SVU. And like to carry that through and the same with, you know, uh, Richard to go from that, you know, that the characters are carried through. It's not like there's no crossover. There's there were for completely forgotten about these people. Well, I think also uh, I agree with that. I mean, Dick Wolf, um, 
he's a brilliant guy. He's smart. He's tough. But he also, uh, he's generous. He supports, you know. And again, remember, nobody thought any of this would go. Mm. And look at it now. And there were there were turbulent moments along the way, you know, when people thought, ah, it's not going to go. And in fact, when we started, we never got any advertising. You know what I mean? I think somebody, it might have been Dick, said, this is like someone left a beautiful baby on your doorstep. And you keep opening the door and saying, you know, that baby is still out there. And all of a sudden it was like, not only is the baby still out there, it's surviving and doing well. You know what I mean? And because I remember the time, first time in New York City, that I was walking down the street and a bus went by. And there were, it was an ad for SVU. And there was my head on the side of a bus. And I went, look at that. I think we're going to make it, you know? And now it's on everywhere. You know, there's commercials everywhere, whatever. Every law and order, there's another one coming. But it's also, like I say, um, the, the, the Chicago ones. I forget the names and, and the FBI. The guy churns out stuff, and it's good. It must have been very weird for you to be on, like, you know, the first season, let's say, of Lord and Order, when you're on, the first one you're on, and everyone's like, this is never going to make it. But you guys are in the moment. You know the story is good, or you you know there's something there that it's been picked up. And you're watching people watching it, and yet other people, like executives or outsiders or whatever, are thinking it's not going to make it. It must have been a really weird scenario. Like, I couldn't imagine being in a company working where everyone's like, this is going to fail, just so you know, even though you're getting paid going to fail it must be so strange well let me put it this way being an actor mm-hmm. i assume everything's going to fail <laughs> i mean how many people do a show for 15 years all combined 18 years svu is going to be on what 23 years or something nobody knows okay mm. like i said earlier nbc wanted Dick Wolf's show about ninja cops in Vegas. That's the one they thought would go. We were a throw-in. Well, you know, take a look. Yeah. So, uh, and the other side of it is, uh, well, again, see, there's so many emotions kind of flowing right now because no, nobody thought the show would go. And I remember thinking, I don't care if it goes or doesn't go. I think this is good and it's different. Mm. And maybe, you know, people's appetites, you know, this wasn't put on the menu before. And somebody's going to say, you know what? Let's try that again. Because I remember when I first did it and people said, you know, I saw one, I don't know. And I said, let me, let, let me put it this way. This is what I always say. Watch three. Okay, just give it a chance. Don't judge it on one right up front. And I can't tell you how many people then just said, you know, I think I'm hooked now. And I think a lot of people have been hooked for a while. Um, It's. Well, it's not only Mr. Wolf, you know, he has an amazing group of people. Mm -hmm. There are terrific writers 
and directors. And I mean, just look at all the casts and all these things. There's a lot of really good people, you know? Yeah. Oh, well, like, obviously, it's how I came to know you. It's through these shows. And yeah. it's through, like, feeling like you, whatever way the writers do it, it's feeling like you know these characters. So, like, you're almost like, if you said, if Craigan said something that wasn't in line with what he'd normally say, you're kind of like, I don't think he'd say that because you feel like they're you, people in your life, which it's like they're on TV. Nicola, yeah. down. <laughs> no, I've had people do that. And uh, I, well, it's interesting. And that's a good point, which is I'd say, well, you don't know. People, you know, do that, right? You'll go so-and-so that I know for 20 years just did something I never would have thought. And I think that's part of Dick's genius. I mean, you know what I mean? You put spins on stuff. I think one of the uh, most fun, interesting things was uh, Ice-T, who I love, and I love the character and how it's grown. And at one point, and I have no idea where this happened, but somebody said, tell me something about you I don't know. And he said, I'm a Republican. And it was like, wait a minute, what? And, but it's that kind of bombshell. You know what I mean? Mm. It's, uh, it's, it's all out there. You know, um, the algorithms, everything. I mean, there's so much that goes on with a person. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that's, well, in life in general, but you're always learning things. You're always learning things about people. You're, you know what I mean? And uh, I think Dick and all the people he's put together, they're really good about that. You know what I mean? It's um, There are surprises, and they're good surprises and smart surprises. Well, like, and obviously, as we said, he knows what he's doing. But I suppose with everyone talking negative about it and all these people not thinking it was going to be picked up, do you remember when you realized we're like – when the world, I suppose, realized it was onto a good thing, was there a moment that you like, I know you saw yourself on the bus, but was there a time for that when somebody came up to you and you were like, they know me as Donald? Like, Yeah, well, I'll give you a couple of stories along those lines. But the um, the thing is this, the we always believed in it. We just didn't know if people would get it, right? So when it started happening, there were two things. I remember people going like, oh, you're on the bad law and order. Oh. And, well, no, meaning it's special victims unit. You know what I mean? And, um, this is this, this is that. You, you're dealing with, well, special victim stuff. You know what I mean? And abuse and such. And I said, well, now, hold on. You know, give it a chance. I mean, this is real stuff. And when we walked into that first, we walked into the special victims unit office. It was floor to ceiling file cases of unsolved cases and stuff. So, things that Mariska works for all the time now, you know, yeah. about rape kits and things like that. Because this is one that people just kept pushing it aside, pushing it aside. So anyway, that went from, ooh, that's the bad one. or And what I really think they meant was the challenging one yeah. or the difficult one to watch. And it just kept growing. You know what I mean? It kept growing. And it's like, uh, like I was saying about law and order, like I think Dick said, it was like somebody left a baby on your porch and you kept looking out saying that baby's growing. And I think that's what happened with SVU. Mm -hmm. And um, 
They're good stories. They're important stories. They're real stories. And I think the saddest part is there's a lot of stories you just can't even tell. You know what I mean? There There is a dark underbelly. But we at least get towards it. You know what I mean? And that was part of it. And and um, when people would just stop me on the street mm. and they'd go, Captain, that was a great story. And the more important thing was they would say, you know, that happened to me or that happened to a friend. And I'm glad finally this kind of thing is on TV. You know, it was kind of reserved for movies, right? Kind of like R-rated movies or something. And uh, people really, th- there was an affinity, right? People thought that happened to me and no one ever said that before. And nobody ever saw what happens to the person who is the perpetrator or whatever. And and sadly, sometimes nothing happens, right? I mean, that to me was the most truthful thing about uh, what we've done. I think there. I think as much as sometimes when I'm watching the episodes and like there's you know somebody gets found not guilty or there's a mistrial or whatever, I suppose that has to be realistic and true to form. And I suppose we watch some of the cop shows and it's like all these fancy gadgets and you know we can get DNA back in two minutes and stuff. And you're kind of like, I'm guessing no. it's not like that in real life, you know. So to see sometimes that you're waiting days on the show that they actually show that there are troubles to the and the reason some cases can't be brought and as much as it angers you then you realize oh my god if they're showing this on tv it obviously is like this in real life sure i think one of the things that was brilliant uh, again that dick did and on these shows is uh we will do in an hour what could take months mm-hmm. but you have to truncate it you have to do a a, a certain shorthand right and I think, again, usually when it works out, it's a wonderful feeling, a gratifying feeling, right? But um, it's just not the way it works all the time, right? And I think some of the most powerful episodes we've ever done are when justice wasn't served, you know? Um, we tried. And sometimes there's a trade-off, you know, and we'll do this, you go free, we don't do this. And, um, I, you know, I've yelled at the TV. <laughs> I was involved with it. But uh, it's that's real life, right? I mean, that is, I wish I could repeat the thing they say at the beginning of the show. I never could. But uh, that's just, it's the way it goes, right? Um, it just doesn't always work out. But hopefully more often than not. When they asked you to move Craigan into SVU, like from from the original to the to the new series, which was going to be brand new, lead a new cast who you hadn't worked with before, were you kind? Of, was that an instant yes, or were you kind of like, I don't know if I should still play this character again? That second one. <laughs> um, here, here's the thing: the first one, you know, was so much law and order, and first half and second half. And so Cragen, you know, I'd be in the second half and I could have 10 scenes or two scenes or, uh, and it was always kind of like, uh, well, go check with the uncle. We'll check with him again. Ask, check the monkey's uncle. You know what I mean? <laughs> and 
But every once in a while, there was like a great episode. So uh, when that didn't work out because they were making changes, when they came back with SVU, I was hesitant. And I remember talking to Dick and he said, I'll do a bad day. He went, well, if you want to do it, we're going to do it. Unless your agent screws it up. And I said, well, here's here's all I want to know, sir, is that was just like two halves and I just did this. Would there be more? And he went, yes. Then I just took that. I took that as a yes. And um, it wasn't always the case, but much more involved. And I also just found, um, I found a lot of the stories just really compelling, you know? And um, I I don't know. it. Again, I didn't know if it was going to last or anything, but um, once I jumped in, it was both feet in, you know what I mean? And everything. Terrific writers, terrific directors. And like I say, you don't hit a home run all the time, mm-hmm. but there was always an attempt and there was always like, we're going to do the best we can. And I just, uh, wait a minute. You know what? I have this thing. I have to show it to you. Okay. Yeah. Do you remember an episode called wildlife? Is this the one where a stabler found they were like smuggling animals in and like baskets? Yes. Yeah. And, and my monkey. Yes. I, I saved the monkey. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. Let me see. Can you see this? Oh my God. Here. All right. Oh my God. Now, when I left the show, that's sad. I'm going to get emotional now. The. Give me a second. The monkey's name was Kimba. Mm. So I had to have play dates with him so that he would respond to me. Mm. And when I save him out of the fake basketball, that he would be there. Mm. And it was such a cool moment that they they took that picture and they made that oil painting for me. But what was awesome was at the moment they throw the ball and I open it and I say, the monkey's okay. But he reached up and hugged me. And I think it was from our play dates. Mm. Wow. It's hitting me harder than I thought it would, but it's uh, one of my favorite moments from the show. That's incredible. That's It's such a rare, beautiful moment. It is. You know, you do this, and like I say, for years, and you do it for years, and you do all kinds of things, and um, all kinds of things matter, mm-hmm. and you carry with you, and I have a monkey. <laughs> and you have a moment to remember, like, that must have been a beautiful moment when they gave you that, that painting as well, because it obviously means so much to you even now, so when they gave it to you, you must have been an emotional wreck. Oh, no, it was beautiful. I think I'm more of a wreck now, which is sad. Hold on. The, uh, my monkey. Anyway, and my dog is sitting right down here. He would be jealous. But, uh, wow, I didn't mean to go there. It's just that I saw this thing 
in the garage. And um, it's, it's what the show does. It's what acting can do. You can have moments that um, become part of your DNA. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I said that a little while ago to somebody. Um, LNO and SVU is part of my DNA. You can't do it this long and not have it become a part of you. And uh, being gone a while and I, and now I'm getting back into theater and doing things where I started. But it's almost impossible to go to the grocery store and have somebody just go, Captain? And there's that moment where I'm like, uh, oh, right, right, yeah. <laughs> Yes, I know. Like I said, I think there's, I think somebody told me there's 402 episodes out there. So wow, and nutty, yeah. How did, how was it then when you decided? You know, this you'd been in. I think it was was it 15 seasons you were in SVU, and to mm, go, mm-hmm. uh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna rest this character up. That must have been really hard to say. Well, well, yes and no. Let me put it this way: we. Um, Wow, yeah, 15th season. Uh, There was a meeting, and they said, you know, Craig, at this point, he has to retire. So we sat there and talked about it, and and my initial feeling was, well, no, we don't. (laughs) And and then um, I realized, you know what? It is the right thing. And my feeling, I couldn't get it until we shot that last scene. And I have to tell you, I still haven't seen it. It's uh, it's too hard for me. But he's sitting there and he's talking to Liv. And, and he says, it's time. It's time. And uh, that's how it felt. You know, you're there, you do it, you work so hard, you do all this stuff, and then you realize it is, it's time. And then I love that they gave the tagline that as he's walking out, he looks at her and says, do something with this place, would you? <laughs> and uh, it's passing the torch, yeah. you know, and and she's brilliant, right? She's brilliant and has done amazing stuff. And as you mentioned before, she Mariska carries it through as well into real life. She has her own foundation. She does a lot of public sure. speaking about, you know, testing rape kits and, you know, violence against women, etc. And it's like Olivia Benson, I suppose, in so many of our minds and hearts, like she's an icon and stuff. And it's just lovely to know that Mariska also takes up that part of, of Olivia and brought it into yeah. real life too. Yes. It's hard to find the line between the two. Mm. I think it started as Mariska, the actress, and um, Olivia Benson, the character, and they just kept coming together. And uh, there's such commonality there and um, commitment. You know, I mean, she does this. You know what I mean? This isn't goofing around. This is, I think it was Dick, actually, who said, uh, your legacy will be this show, but it's going to be what you did beyond this show. And I think, I think that's real. Yeah. And you've, you had such like, you're such a long time working with her, working with Chris, Ice-T, Richard, you had these 
amazing actors you worked with every day. I'm so jealous. <laughs> but <laughs> did you have um who was your suppose your favorite that you got to do scenes with? Are you able to pick one? Well, you know I can't really do that. Here's what I will say. Loved all of them in many ways. Mm. And I'm going to give homage to Bell's, you know, who we lost recently. What I will say about him is uh you know, his character, his old stand-up thing before and everything in Homicide, he can be a snarky dude, right? Yeah. But in real life, a sweet, generous, kind person. Ice-T, uh, I thought, who is this dude? And I learned that he's one of the most interesting people I've ever met. And um, a genius. Uh my favorite, I'm going to say it, was Chris Maloney. Now, maybe because just personally we got together more, we would spend time together, we would have dinners together, we could talk about anything and everything uh, beyond acting and the show. Uh, Mariska, okay, so it's 1A and 1B, okay? Let me, let me go. <laughs> And going back, being able to go back, and I did a couple episodes of uh, Organized Crime, that just felt like 10 years later, you know, it's like a great relationship. You just pick it up where you left off, you know? Yeah. So, and again, some, uh, you know all the shows. I mean, I was talking to him. There was a show called Shaken. I don't know. It was about shaken baby syndrome, right? And I just remember I was very featured in that with Chris. And that, to me, was very, very important. And also, oh, there was a great scene, like, where his daughter got a DUI. Oh, yeah. You know, and I had, and he covered it. And we had to have a scene about that. All the scenes, probably thousands of scenes, that might be my absolute favorite. You know what I mean? Because it gets to a level where it's, um, that's my dog. You heard him shake there. <laughs> uh, it's Cragen and Stabler, and it's Dan and Chris, and you know your own families. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just takes it to another level. And uh, it's hard to describe other than to say, those are the moments, having done this for 50 years, whatever. And then I would say uh, so many also with Mariska, but um, an episode called 911, where the, the, the guy had buried the little girl. Oh, yeah. And getting back and forth. Uh, that would be the, the my favorite uh, with Mariska. And I think an amazing, an amazing episode. I only actually rewatched that recently um, where, you know, people start to believe that this little girl isn't real and it's a, a it's a hoax. And you all are kind of telling her to step away. And it's Mariska at her best, I suppose, as Olivia kind of just being like, I'm always here for the victim first before she goes, before she kind of considers other stuff. And it's amazing. Like sometimes when you hear actors talk, they don't remember a lot about what they film, but you can remember so much about it. I remember too much. <laughs> no, that's amazing. When people ask, the thing is this, I can I cannot remember something for 20 years and somebody brings it up. I mean, I could I could go through 9/11 that episode right now and tell you and and remember when they came in and broke down the fence at the end. Mm. 
I mean, it's all there somewhere. You know what I mean? It's layered. It's uh, it's like I say, uh, what I do for a living is I pay attention. Mm-hmm. And I guess also remember. And uh, But that one, I remember that. And I remember that thing. And also the the bad guy was so good and so creepy. I can't remember who it was, but it was like I went, God, I hope I never meet that dude, you know? <laughs> Every woman is also saying the same. I hope I never. Uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> like what? Considering you know the the start off, people didn't want or didn't think this show was going to last. These the people that SVU have had on as guest stars, like when you're picking up, you know the the script for the week, you must be like, hold on, like how did we get this person? And then this person is next week. Like at the top of my head, I remember Snoop Dogg was in an episode where he was like you know, a rap, well, he was a rapper, so he wasn't acting that hard, but he was in an episode. You've had, yeah. like, you know, Sarah Hyland's been in it. There's been so uh, John Stamos, like, these names are huge names. And yeah, Robin Williams, obviously, was in an amazing episode, one of my favourite episodes, actually. Oh, he's great. He did a couple, but yeah, he was great. He was great. Uh, Jerry Lewis. Yeah. Um, playing uh, Belzer's uncle. And uh, you know what? Here's the thing. I saw it once. I don't know if you can find it. Of major, major stars who weren't when they were on our show Mm -hmm. and have become, uh, you know, iconic. And um, there's dozens and dozens. You know what I mean? And, you know, boy... uh, well, I don't want to pick out people, but because the thing is, there have been so many. And and that's something about this. We talked earlier about the cast and how good the cast is. The guest stars. I mean, it's almost like a who's who, right? Yeah. I mean, it's pretty extraordinary. You know what I mean? And again, I don't want to pick favorites out that John Ritter, by the way, was brilliant on it and... He passed away shortly after that. Henry Winkler. And I remember he came on and he was like, can I get selfies with you guys? My kids love this. You know, and I'm like, I remember saying, wait a minute, you let your kids watch this? And, <laughs> but it. so many people have passed through and still do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now it's almost like a badge of honor. It's like people want to be on SVU, you know? And, and and there's a lineup, you know what I mean? And in the old days, it was kind of like, well, what is it? That's that sex crime show? What? You know? But again, great storytelling with uh, talented people, writers, directors, everybody. Look at it. It's still there, isn't it? Yeah. Like when you get when you got asked back to the organized crime, you must have been just like, this, it's a lovely way to do it. You're only going in for a little while. So you're not having to commit to like a really long period where you get to see everybody again and experience it and experience Craigan again without having to be like, oh, I have to give off a six month arc or something like that. First of all, it was Chris. And so when Chris called and said, I want to do this. And I said, well, what is it? And they sent me the big scene they wanted to do. And I said, well, um, he got back to me and he had rewritten the scene and I went, okay. See, again, it's hard to describe, I guess, but 
because it wasn't just Craig and, and Stabler, it was Dan and Chris. And that's what worked. And in the moment, in fact, I'll, well, I'll just say it. I mean, there was a moment, I think, it wasn't clicking. And I just said, hold on, please, hold on. And I went up and just hugged him. And then we went back and said, okay, let's go. Because a hug can cover 10 years, right? Or more, whatever. And it was always easiest. That's what I'll say. When you say favorite, it was always easiest to work with Chris. I think he said at one time, we dance well together. And I think, uh, yes, I agree. That's what that is. I was so delighted when he decided to come back as Stabler and obviously for his own show, which I suppose for him was the new exciting part of bringing Stabler back was that he was getting his own spinoff. But like, because the episode in the end of season 12, when he left, I, for a long time, I wasn't able to watch that. It's like when you said you can't watch Don leaving. I was like, I can't watch it. I know he's leaving. Like, And the episode at the start of season 13 where Olivia's crying and I was like, no, it's too emotional for me. So when he came back, it was like, you know, coming full circle because, you know, it was great to see. It's it, I suppose it shows it's a good environment to work in because you've come back. Uh, Richard came back. Uh, the guy who played Nick Romero, he came back. And obviously then Chris came back. So, like, it's not a show where you're like, you finish and you're like, F you, I never want to see any of you guys again. It's a show that obviously has cultivated some sort of good environment that you guys are happy to come back and pick up again. Well, you brought up some interesting things there because uh, there can be a moment of F you, I don't want to come <laughs> again. But when uh, cooler minds prevail and you're not emotional, um, it can be a really cool thing. You know, I mean, it, it was hard for me. I did the 500th episode, right, of SVU, but I ha- I did it from here, like sitting right here mm-hmm. over Zoom, whatever. And um, it didn't feel the same, but it, there was still a connection because there were still people in, in Mariska and uh, Danny Pino and Kelly who were favorites also. You know, um, they weren't there from the beginning and they became really, really good friends and favorites. And I think, well, they're wonderful actors also. But it, it's like this, you know, um, my one time in Ireland, and I love, I love the culture. I love everything. The I've only been there once, and wow, forty years ago. Yeah. And I think, um, wow, I met people. They were here. I was doing a play in Northern California, and they were from County Cork. So <laughs> we had a wonderful time. And when I was there, just for a few days, I think we did spend pretty much all the time in a pub and listening <laughs> to music. But um, it was a wonderful experience, and I can't wait to get back again because even though I'm a bad golfer, I love it, and I would love to be able to golf in Ireland and Scotland. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It would be like it's on the bucket list. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's it's one of those places, like I, I don't golf, but all of my friends that golf or anyone even, you know, celebrities and stuff. We saw, I remember seeing, was it John Travolta or something? Someone mega famous 
flew in on a private jet, like actually was the pilot, flew in on a private jet to play like a couple of rounds of golf down in Gare yeah. Manor in, uh, down the south country. And I was like, how good are these golflings that everyone, like he is flying in from America. I, was right. like, I need to understand this. I need golf people to explain this to me. <laughs> well, part of it is that part of it is it's the birthplace of golf, right? So it's like something when you start and you do it, and I remember thinking, I, this sucks. What is this? This is rich people in country clubs. And then I thought, no, wait a minute. This is blue-collar dudes from Michigan like me. You got on a public course for $12, whatever. I love the Zen experience of it. Mm-hmm. It's you against the course. And I played with people I probably never would have met in my life a school teacher, a fireman, a, you know what I mean? Could have been a criminal, who knows? But the point is, now you golf and you share that experience and you have a good shot and everybody goes, dude, you know? Yeah. I They usually say, dude, I'm sorry, but whatever. <laughs> nice shot, dude. Uh, but again, it's something um, communal. It's uh, It's a shared experience. Not unlike acting but especially like on stage which i'm looking to do again now that's that's what i'm kind of looking to do i'm getting back to the stage i can't say because papers aren't signed and stuff but hopefully be doing a play yeah interesting big play hopefully by the end of the year but um that's where it all started and it kind of feels uh full circle to get back there yeah, and I imagine there's a challenge there for you, an aspect as well, because when you do TV for so long and the theatre kind of is the background, it's a different kind of acting. You're Like the performance aspect, as you mentioned, the audience feeding you back. When you went into TV, it would have been strange to go there and now to go back to theatre and like unlearn the tricks of where a camera is, but instead think about the audience and the other people on stage with you as well. You should be an actress. You have a wonderful understanding of what the situation is. Um, yes, it's it's about minimalizing or opening. Um, you know, when you know the cameras, like where you are right now, right, or here, if I'm, it's like one thing here, and if it's going to be here, it's another thing. And just winking can look like shades raising. You know what I mean? And it's something that I had to learn. You know what I mean? Uh, it goes back and forth. And I find, uh, you know, so many people started television or film, and then they do theater, and they have a harder time. And I think coming from the stage, you always learn um, how to direct it, where you're going, whatever. And then you have to learn to m- minimalize or, uh, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Hit just that right note. And uh, I still find that fascinating and interesting and that it's it's where I started. And it's not that I won't do other, you know, TV or film or whatever. In fact, I'll interject right now for a moment. People say to me, how are you enjoying retirement? And I say, kiss my... <laughs> my point is, I'm calling it pre-tirement okay (laughs) it's if i want to do it i'll do it and if i don't i won't 
And I did that all my life, even when I couldn't afford it. And luckily now I can. But it's if it's interesting and you want to do it, I'm in. Mm -hmm. But if it's like I've done it a thousand times, not so much, right? So again, getting back to theater, it's just, that's where I started. That's what I did. That's where I got my chops, whatever. And it feels right to get back to that. And it feels right to uh, to do that again. So I'm looking forward to this potentially interesting play. And we'll see. I love that because I think you're still you're going to learn a lot while you're going back to theater. Um, obviously, you're going to learn the the lines, but I mean, learning from other actors in it, learning, relearning a lot of things that you you haven't maybe haven't used in some time. And I think it would be very easy for you to a retire or b to take on very simple roles that you kind of have done before or that are just guest appearances or whatever and only do them. So to go and put your passion back in and to to learn something again, like when, as you said, you can pick and choose what you want. Isn't it great to be in that position to go, okay, I'm going to learn something here. And it's what I want to do as well. As I've said, you should either be an actress or a director or something. That, um, I think what I've learned about doing this is you don't stop learning. Mm. I think I only get better because I experienced more. And I, can, I can't tell you how many times I wish I could go back to a role I did 20, 30 years ago and do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's about experience. And it's about that. And uh, th- I mean, that's, you know, wow, you got me going here. Um, I'm at a point right now, right? There's a lot of things I don't miss about this. There's a lot of things I don't, and it's about the quote business, okay? I don't like dealing with all of that stuff, and I never have. But I love the community, I love company, and I love the moment of discovery. And that's why I think, even with television and film, I always liked rehearsal more than doing it. You know what I mean? There's a moment when you're sitting there with Chris or Mariska or anybody and you go, that was it. That was it. Now we have to shoot it, right? But the moment, that was it. You know what I mean? That's the pearl. And so that's something I kind of miss. And um, again, and, and, and I appreciate it, but you go on as a guest star on some show or something and they're, you know, uh, kind and everything, but you don't have the time and you don't really know the people, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you do the best you can, you know what I mean? You juggle and try not to drop the ball. Right. But um, when that moment of discovery, that to me, I think, well, again, it goes back to musicianship playing the guitar. The moment you got that and said, that's what it is. You know, now you have to replicate it. Mm-hmm. But the moment of discovery is the is the real thing to me. To yeah. me, right? I love it. I-, I think that's a fantastic way of looking at, at your job and your life because I think there's a lot of people that get stuck in a 
in a, in a, in a monot- like everything's the same every day. It's, you know, it's Groundhog Day. We're doing, we're getting up, we're doing this the same. And routine can be great, but also you're not really learning anything new. So like if maybe you're doing a course in the evening that adds to your education or, you know, whatever it is that, you know, makes you spark up, like you say, the moment. So you're learning something, you're, you know, whether it's your Sudoku or your Wordle or whatever it is, but it makes you kind of go, yes, I've got it. I got it quicker than any other day. Whatever. If it gives you that little boost, I think that's a great thing. I do too. And you just, you brought up like Wordle and all these things. And it, it, it reminds me, I mean, I love doing crossword puzzles, but um, one of the things that bothers me all the time is like when you go, well, it's, you know, a five letter word for this or something. And somebody goes, well, that's simple. I would just want to smack them. It's like, well, I got the really hard ones. I just, it's simple to you. It's not simple to me. That's life. That's acting, right? Yeah. How could you not see that? Well, how could you not see that? And I guess it's what keeps all of this pretty interesting, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And that's obviously for playing a character as long as you did. You know, that could get boring if there wasn't things that you didn't learn about him, about the people around you, about the stories. That obviously keeps a spark going every year that you start a new year or new season or whatever. That obviously had something that sparked with you. You're like, oh, this season we've got a brilliant episode or I have a brilliant scene with Chris or, you know, iced tea or whatever. Like that, that otherwise, if it was just the same kind of stories every day, you'd be like, right. You wouldn't have done 15 seasons of it. No. And, um, Part of that is on yourself. Mm-hmm. In other words, I can read stuff and go, it's all the same stuff. But I would then look at it and go, would Cragen think it's all the same stuff? Or would he say, this is important to this person in this case now? So I, I, I always tried to find a way to make what seemed like the same thing immediate. You know, Mm -hmm. what's important to you is not important to that person. What's important to that person is not important to you. And I'm going, we are trying to do the best we can here with these people, right? Mm -hmm. And that to me was also, the thing about SVU, most of your victims are alive, right? And you're dealing with something where, where when it's homicide, it's a different situation. And I remember, like I said, scenes with Belzer or Ice and um, what you have to do to bring them into this family, I guess. But um, it was always kind of immediate. You were a victim. This happened. I'm talking to you right now. It's one of the reasons I made them dress me um, in uh, casually. In other words, I didn't want any, no flashy ties or anything. Mm-hmm. I wanted you to feel, I don't know, like I'm your uncle. You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't want to do anything that would make you feel uncomfortable when you're sitting there talking to me about what happened. You know, your grandpa, I guess, at my age. But, but that's uh, lovely. Yeah, because I suppose anyone who has been a victim or survivor has to go into these scenarios. Um, it's going to be traumatic as it is. And then if you go in and someone's in a, you know, like a, a, a suit with a tie buttoned up the top, or if it's a police uniform, it could be quite intimidating. And as you said, you want to be realistic. So you want to be relaxed looking so they feel like they can open up to you. And 
that's I didn't know that you had so much like um you know input I suppose into Craig and like even down to his wardrobe and stuff. Well, that was one of the most important things to me. And yeah. um we sat and talked about it and I just said I I spoke to some people and I spoke to some people in um special victims and uh retired detectives and that sort of thing and I just said don't do anything flashy. Don't when they walk in, I want them to feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And that's just a part of it. Uh, along those lines, of course, they didn't listen to everything I said, of course. <laughs> we did have to knock heads sometimes. But as far as wardrobe and things like that, um, I just said, this is what feels right. And, you know, in, in a moment like that, I guess, you know what I mean? Everybody goes, um, okay, of course. Yeah, I suppose that, and isn't that good that you have a, like a bit of control, I suppose, because you have to play the person and there's got to be times that he's going to do things that you're not, that you don't like. But for 15 plus years, actually, because obviously the original uh, homicide, you're only playing an asshole the entire time. That's a long time. Uh, someone who's a, who's one, you know? Well, no, I think the guest stars were assholes in general, yeah. but the, uh, you know, and I mean the characters, you understand? Yes, of course. I can't tell you how many wonderful people, you know, were on there. And uh, I, I, that's a big part of it. You know what? Like I said, it's it's just part of my DNA now. And mm-hmm. I forget. You know, I was just at the store the other day, and I, I'm picking up some stuff and from my dog here and, and a bottle of wine. And people go, Captain. And there's that split second where I'm going, what? And I go, oh, right, right. It's, like I said, I think it's, well, it's, I know it's over 400 episodes out there somewhere mm. from Law and & Order and SVU and guest shots. And um, when we started, we didn't even know if we'd do 13, right? I, I remember saying that to Dick Wolf one time. You know, when you do these, you do what they'll say, the first 13 mm-hmm. and then you're hoping for the back nine and um i said we did the first 13 episodes not expecting a back 13 years you know what i mean and uh and more and more so power to them you know um i don't i don't watch it you know what i mean i'm i'm no longer there so um, I'll just pick one out here or there, or if somebody, uh, well, she's no longer there either, but like Kelly would call me and say, I have a really good episode. Would you watch it? And I would. Hmm. Um, but what I actually am doing, like I said earlier, I'm watching the old episodes I did. I mean, it's kind of fascinating to go back 20 years, you know what I mean? And go, uh, like I said to you, the I'll go. Oh, they didn't. They cut it wrong. They did. The, but when I can see it with that distance, mm-hmm. I'm like, that's oh, pretty good, you know. And it probably shows you as well how much time has changed in certain aspects of it when you watch an old episode and you think, wow, you know, this this is so different now or whatever. And in some ways, in some ways, it's not. But it must be lovely to be able to watch it now with that distance without worrying about. 
why isn't why am I standing like this? Why did I make that face? Yeah, you know, that kind yeah. of way, which is a lot why a lot of actors can't watch it because they're like, why did I make that face or why did I talk like that? Now you can go look at me there twenty years ago, oh. looking great. <laughs> well, that's part of it. Um, I don't know. I I don't think I made a lot of faces, but let me say this. People will say to me, this is one of the things I hear all the time. They'll go, you look the same. And I'll go, over all these years. And I said, I figured I figured this out. It's because I looked 60 when I was 30. <laughs> so that's what it is. It just caught up with me. I always looked like an old dude. That's all. Well, now you look so young. So now look at you. People are thinking, that guy is aging backwards. What's going on? Okay, well, there we go. That pre-retirement, as you say, is treating Yeah, yes. And minding that lovely dog of yours. Oh, he's a sweet, he's sleeping again here. Fifteen and a half years old, he's my little buddy. I love that dude. They're the best in the world. I don't, when people don't have dogs, I'm like, what is wrong with you? Get a dog. No, that, I do. Yes, I'll go with you there. The, um... And I love all animals and cat people and all that. But if somebody is not a dog person, I have to think about it for a minute. It's like, if you don't get that, I'm not sure I get you totally. Yeah. Yeah. There's no other animal in the world or human that when you walk out the door and come back three seconds later because you forgot something, that they jump on on you and say, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. There's Uh, Where have you been? (laughs) Yes, how could you do this? Anyway, this little dude, yeah, he's a, he's a great, he's great. And uh, I, I'll keep talking to you as long as you want, whatever. I'm sorry, I've kept you so long. My apologies. I haven't even looked at the time because I've been so like, tell me more, tell me more. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything along those lines that uh, I, not really, like I say, we talked about, who you like working with in certain episodes and things like that. And, um, you know, how I started being a kind of a asswipe in school and, <laughs> but not really, you know what I mean? It's just, if you're bored, you, you do stuff, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Do you have goals that you're still yet to achieve in your career that you think, like, now that I have the freedom to do things where I kind of pick and choose, do you have something in mind that you'd love Okay, to well, yeah, let, let me go there for a moment. Part of it is I just want to do what I want to do now, okay? Mm-hmm. And um, like I said, I pass on most things. And there is this play up that um, if it, it, it could happen by the end of the year, and if it does, I have very high hopes for that. That would be fun. But... Um, I've had some projects that I really want to do, like small movies, to produce, Hmm. write, and direct. Um, So, and I know baseball isn't real big there, but um, the one of them is is that. And again, I can't go into a lot of detail, but Mm -hmm. my point is I'm looking at stuff that I kept on the back shelf for 20 years maybe more. Um, and they've been popping around here for a while. And I'm going, you know what? Now's the time. Let's see if I can get these done. So I'm doing that. I'm having meetings. I'm talking to people. 
and seeing what we can do. And part of it is uh, calling in favors, um, seeing who will work with me, what they think. And I'm like, I'm putting a lot of energy into that right now. Because I think the hard part, like I said, I mean, there's bucket list stuff, but, um, you know, I've, I've done quite a bit. And um, to the detriment maybe of other things I would have liked to have done, you know, now I'm not saying regrets so much. I'm just saying, okay, I did this acting thing for a long time and law and order became a big part of it but um there were other things you know i had on the plate i was trying to do and uh then there wasn't time to do them so um you know what do they say i'm in the third act i guess right so it's like uh get to them now dude you know and at least try at That's so exciting to um, to be there to to have the control of not being so maybe you know you're an actor starting out in your twenties you don't have the ability to pick and choose unless you've you've got a comfortable background and even at that you probably want to get your name out there quite quickly and if you want to direct and write and stuff where are you getting the time while you're acting and trying to go into auditions and self taping now you're in this exciting time where you're like I'm only going to write what I like I'm only going to star in what I like. So anything that comes to you, you can be like, no, bye. <laughs> if you don't like it, love that. Right, right. But, you know, we we touched on this earlier, and I always did that, even if I couldn't pay my rent. But it feels good now <laughs> that I can pay. Well, I don't have a rent. But <laughs> the point is, um, I always did it, and I pat myself on the back for that. I just, this is what I want. I don't want this. And I just thought, well, it'll work out or it won't, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, like I say, is it what a lot of people would have done? Or You know what? I don't care. It's worked out okay. Yeah. And, and I am now, um, like I say, I'm looking at stuff that I put on the back burner for a long time and saying, let me see if I can get these done now. And... Uh, they work or they don't work. You know what I mean? But uh, so what? I mean, it's kind of what you were getting at. I mean, what do I want to do now? I mean, I could, I could quote, retire. I could just sit back, walk my dog. You know what I mean? Um, but I feel there's still a flame. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm, I'm not done yet. Um. And I have to figure that out. Why should you be done just because you're a certain age? If, as you say, if that flame is there, go in, go see what makes that yeah. flame ignite even more. What's gonna, what's gonna get you passionate? What's gonna get you up in the morning to go right? Let's get on this today. Yeah, that's it. And I will say, you know what? I'm listening to you and myself. It got to an ember, so I'm, I'm trying to, you know. Blame it the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I want to see what you're going to write and star in. So I want to see something. I know you're going to make something amazing. As you said, you've picked everything that you wanted to do and they've all been amazing choices. 
So you could have turned down any role and you obviously did turn down roles that weren't right for you. So if you've picked these roles that we all know you from and we all know and love, I can only imagine what you write for yourself is going to be unreal. It, it'll be unreal because it will be nothing like anything I've played. That's a big part of it. Yeah. If nobody's writing the part for you that you want to show off your talent to, that's the best way to show, to get the, to get as far away as Craig and as you can or whatever and show yeah. this is me, a different me. Yeah. Or yes, a part of me. Right. Right. Okay. Well, here's the thing. I think you're terrific. <laughs> this has been, the, no, this has been a lot of fun and emotional and uh, unexpectedly so. But um, let's stay in touch. Yes. I We'll find out from my agent, whatever, how to stay in touch with you. And uh, I will let you know if any of these, these things start to. I think you're terrific. Thank you. Oh, well, I think you're amazing. You probably see because I've been like this the whole way through. Just been like I <laughs> all the stories and I've, you know, admired you for so long. And I said at the start, it meant so much to me that you were going to come on and talk to me. Um, I w- yeah, I will send my email and my number to your agent. Well, she has my email anyway. And you can message me anytime, especially if you come to Ireland. Please come to Ireland. I will bring you to all the golf links. It's been, like I said, long time. County Cork, a uh, few days. Um, I would love to. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. Absolutely. Yeah. If I make it, you're stuck with me. I'm bringing you around. I will show you all the hidden <laughs> highlights and the hot spots and all that. And if I'm over in California, I will definitely come and see your play or whatever you're working on. I would love it. Oh, if you're in California, you let me know. We'll we'll grab dinner. How's yes, that? I love that. Okay. Oh, Dan, it's been incredible. I thank you so much. And I will keep in contact with you. You're, you're going to regret saying it now because I'm like, hi. <laughs> no, no, no. And uh, I heard you. Forgive me. I thank you also. Okay. My Irish, when I put my H's out of it. Yes. Okay. Thank Uh, you very much. You too. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you. All right. Bye. 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 (laughs) I promised you I was going to be fangirling. And what was I like? fun girling <laughs> um all i can say is i am blown away by that episode like we had had so much time i got to chat about kind of everything i wanted to chat about i could have chatted for 10 more hours and been like okay while well, we're talking about this episode let's talk about this episode etc etc but i tried to rein in him and let him you know go about his day but you'll hear at the end there when he was like let's meet up and we keep in contact so yeah I'd be feeling very, very spoiled. My last guest was Sophie and from Home Away and she was so sweet and we've kept in contact as well. Now, like you probably know, this is the last episode of season four of Tis Yourself. So we started off with an American actor and we're ending with an American actor because we would Rob Machio from Scrubs who kicked off this series. Um, what, a, what a series it's been. It's been like insane. I've been traveling around the world while recording it, talking to people around the world, um, being in Melbourne, interviewing somebody in Dublin and being in Melbourne, interviewing somebody in Sydney and then being in Fiji, interviewing somebody in LA while the Super Bowl was not. Yeah, it's all been crazy, but we've hit so many milestones, hit like some goals that I've had and and one of my goals was to get someone from SVU on and look, it's happened. And I'm so lucky to get someone so lovely and so sweet and 
yeah, I'm just, I'm emotional as I come to an end of this season. I'm guessing a lot of you are SV fans who've never found this podcast before. So if you are, please do scroll back and have a look and see if there's anything else you might be interested in. Because I'm ending the season now for the, for the next few months until season five comes out, it would be amazing if you left a review or a rating and followed us on Instagram, or Twitter or Facebook or just on your podcast player. And then you'll know when our next season's coming up next and you won't miss out because maybe one of the cast of SVU or OC or anything like that will hear this episode and will come on with us. So if you are one of the cast, I will have you on any time. Like if you play Jamie in OC, if you play obviously Chris and Mariska and Ice Goals, um, Kelly, you know, uh, Danny from the SVU, any of those, um, Octavio, you know, all those kind of people. And then obviously Danielle, etc. in uh, OC, but or FBI or Chicago. I love all of them. Like, as I said, I'm a huge fan of all of them. So like Patrick and Marina and everyone in Chicago and, oh, look, I could just keep naming names. But if you are from the franchise and, or you're, and you want to come on and chat in season five, I'd love that. Please do send me a message on um, Instagram or Twitter and we'll, we'll arrange. I'm going to go and I know this episode's going to do really well because SV fans are the best. And I just have to thank Dan again for being the best guest of all time. And to all my guests from season four, love you loads. I'm going to start putting together our entry for the podcast awards this year. And it's going to be hard to pick from this season because like the guests have been amazing. The best we've had. I am, yeah, I'm going to get a little bit emotional now. So please do and scroll back and enjoy some old episodes. And if you can, give us a little bit of love. But anyway, I'll talk to you soon. It's longer fall. Have a great weekend or wherever you listen to this. And thanks a million for pressing play. <laughs>